This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, we are going to talk about the most important thing that our city government does, figure out how to spend all of our tax money. So what are Mayor Mike Johnston and this new city council fighting over? Elena Alvarez has been reporting on the budget battle for Axios Denver, and with the last public comments rolling in at council tonight, she's on today to break it all down. Today is Monday, October 23rd. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Alvarez, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be back. So I kind of want to start with something obvious, which is like, why should anyone care what's in our city budget? That's a really great question, Brie. I feel like the city budget like automatically makes anybody's eyes just glaze over, yes. completely check out, go to sleep. The city budget matters for a number of reasons. So the first is that it's taxpayer dollars. So it's really important for the public to pay attention to how their elected officials are spending their hard-earned money. Secondly, city leaders really consider the city budget as a quote-unquote moral document, meaning it really reflects uh, the city's priorities and its values. The third reason is that this is the first budget for Mayor Mike Johnston, who was elected in June, and it really serves as a test of whether he is fulfilling the lofty campaign promises that he uh, made earlier this year. I'm glad you brought that up because um, I think, again, we had Hancock for 12 years. So that was 12 years of budgets. And we knew what he prioritized, right? right? With Johnson's first budget, it was a while back and he's been going back and forth with city council. Is there something that was like that stood out to you in the first draft or something that would tell us about his priorities. You know, something that I thought was really interesting. So the budget is $1.7 billion, $1.74 to be exact, of um, the city's main operating fund. And what I thought was pretty interesting is that a lot of his budget really mirrors his predecessor, Mayor Michael Hancock's. Um, The biggest spending that he's allocating is towards addressing homelessness, crime, and downtown's post-pandemic recovery, which we've heard many times before. Um, So there's a lot of similarities, which I I think comes as, you know, in some ways a disappointment to some people who really hoped for a lot of change with his uh, term. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because it's not just how uh, our part of leadership is how you spend our money as a city. And so if what Johnston is proposing, it seems too similar to Hancock's. I can see and I've already kind of seen this criticism sort of bubbling up is like more of the same old, same old. Exactly. Um, So. There's a there was an increase in discretionary uh, spending with this particular budget, which was increased from last year. What does that what does that mean for us as a city? That's right. So it was about a three point eight percent increase over the previous year. Um, This was, I think, due to some uh, extra tax revenue that the city didn't see uh, or foresee or project. So that's a lot of the 
increased driving there. Um, I think it really opens up. I mean, it, it gets a little bit confusing because a lot of the federal like FEMA money that came from the pandemic is also dwindling. So it's hard to really measure exactly like what we're gaining, what we're losing. It, it kind of feels like an even draw. But, you know, hard numbers. It's a 3.8% increase over the last year's budget. And, they, and that's because we had more money right. as a city. Right. We have a lot of new taxes that Denver residents uh-huh. have passed. Um, so that's definitely fueling it for sure. Interesting. Well, we'll see where that money goes. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of this budget. Um, so... So there's all these committees and votes and debates over this budget before it gets finalized. Could you explain sort of broadly how the budgeting process works and where we are right now? For sure. Okay, so let's take a step back. Uh, Denver has a city charter. It's essentially like its constitution. It requires every fall for the city to pass a budget, which details how it's going to spend taxpayer money from funding like the Denver Health Hospital to new pickleball courts. Um, The Mayor's administration really spends months, the past several months, uh, crafting a roughly like 800 page document that the mayor presents publicly in September. So after that, the Denver City Council reviews that budget document and spends several weeks listening to presentations from city agency leaders who really drill down into what exactly the spending plan means for their departments. So the council has already completed that process. They have also, so after hearing all of these uh, presentations and reviewing the document, they are able, the council is able to propose changes to the mayor to request what they'd like funded in the budget. So they do that in a letter. That has already been submitted. The ball moves back into the mayor's court after that. So he reviews the council's amendments and then decides which to approve or toss out, which he also communicates in a letter to council. So that has already happened. And over the next week or two, potentially three if needed, they will uh, hash out any changes, vote on those. And they're required by the city uh, uh, by the city to approve the budget by mid-November. So that's where we're at right now is it moving to the council floor for the public hearing and the real formal like hashing out of amendments um, over the next couple of weeks is what we're going to see. Okay, interesting. So it's really a detailed process. It's not just like, here's what we want to spend. Here's how much money we have. Right. right. So it's much like, back and forth. It's a lot of back and forth. It, there's a lot of uh, community input. Yes. How council interprets that community input as our representatives. Um, so uh, speaking of that, I have to ask you, there was this video from Councilwoman Stacey Gilmore that she put out on social media a few weeks ago. And she was kind of just calling out Johnston for a lack of transparency in this process. Can you explain what she was talking about and, and why it matters? Yeah. So Stacey Gilmore, she she matters because she's a really prominent voice on the council as the former president. Um, and this is really spicy for council. You don't really see council members doing uh, this so publicly as coming out with a statement like this or even a video message. Mayor Johnson wants to spend nearly $2 billion of our money, but won't answer one easy question. Which projects are getting funded? I asked this question at every budget hearing, and I got the same answer, that these documents are part of a deliberative process, and we don't get to see what city agencies asked as expansion requests to fulfill their missions to you. Here's what those non-answers boil down to. They think the way they spend your money should be kept secret, and that being transparent and accountable isn't how government should run. This might be a hot take but I think government should be more transparent and accountable. 
Um, and she really was taking issue with the fact that she could not find out from Johnson's administration which city agencies were asking for budget expansions and were being denied by his office. And so throughout the, the presentations that city agency leaders were giving her, she was just not giving getting these answers. Um, so on top of you know, sending out this very public, like scathing message against Johnston and his administration on their budgeting. She also earlier uh, this month on October 18th, actually voted against extending Johnston's homelessness emergency declaration because she said he also hadn't been transparent there and, and provided a breakdown of the numbers for that work. So that's an interesting and kind of drama-filled uh, sidebar that's taking place with you know some of this other pushback against his budget. Yeah, and I think I remember that because there has been some criticism of the Johnson administration on how what they're spending and how they're spending it on his proposal for like the micro communities yes. and, and the how he wants to house a thousand people before the end of the year and what house what does housing mean and who's you know what I mean how's that money being spent right um, so it wasn't just uh, Councilwoman Gilmore I think that was being vocal I, I saw some some sort of simmering online about this but what were there any things that that Johnston wanted that the council didn't want or vice versa where where were they really going back and forth one of the main um, issues that they hit heads on was really uh, about the emergency rental assistance program so it's interesting because both the council and Johnston wanted wants to fund this program. This program provides emergency rental assistance for people in need, essentially preventing people from experiencing homelessness. So Johnston had initially uh, allocated about 12.6 million, that's right, 12.6 million for this program. And the council came back asking for 17.5 million more for this program. Um, Johnston ultimately conceded or has at least proposed to give $3 million more toward the program. Um, but I think this really highlights how serious this housing problem is in Denver. You know, council members are often the first to hear from constituents about, you know, what they're experiencing on the ground versus the mayor's office. And um, they, I think, are, you know, between people actually experiencing homelessness between the huge influx of migrants that the city is uh, seeing um, and, of course, the increasing cost of housing. I think council members have a really good pulse on what is happening on the ground and how serious this issue is. So he's kind of meeting them, but in the middle somewhere, but not reaching the full request that council I mean, council three million made. of the 17.5 million that they asked is is really you oh, know, kind of a drop kind in the of bucket. Paltry. Okay. Right. Oh, it's just right. three million not oh wow okay okay that of is what a big job yeah yeah but he had already allocated 12.6 million so okay. this is bringing the final total to 15.6 million it's still a lot of money but not at all what the council had asked for i think this also speaks to approach on an issue like homelessness mm -hmm. right um, I, from what I've understood and heard from the council members that were advocating for more money for rental assistance it's this keeping people from being evicted because we the data shows once someone is evicted a lot of other things come undone Absolutely. right like yes. you you lose you lose a lot and so so for some folks the approach is preventative right. measures yes. and maybe Johnston sees it as I'd rather spend that money elsewhere on the housing issue that's right. I mean, he's got $247 million allocated for housing and support services for people experiencing homelessness. Um, and so I think that's part of why he drew the line is, you know, he's already doing 
that much for for people and he has to sort of balance a lot of interests as mayor um, including including interest from the business community only were we looking are we looking at a new mayor whose priorities we're learning about we're looking at a pretty new council or at least a good mix of new members that we are still learning who they are what their priorities are um has this process with the budgeting revealed anything new about how this iteration of city council is functioning because i feel like i still don't have a good grasp of who each of these folks are that's a really good question. You know, one of the main differences we can see from this council to last council, at least in this budget process, is what they're asking for. And this council asked for four times what last year's council asked for. So they asked for 20, 28 changes, which totaled more than $81 million. Um, that's a lot. And I think that this council, you know, they have a handful of new members, but also quite a few uh, old timers who I think can really sort of communicate to the council what this budget moment really means, which is establishing sort of a power dynamic between the council and the mayor's office, the two branches of government, right? The executive and the legislative. They have an opportunity right now under a strong mayor system um, to really flex their muscle uh, and, and potentially gain some ground here that they can hold on to over the next four years under Mayor Johnston. Um, so that's that's certainly a, a difference that we can see. Well, I mean, I think it's like anything. We're getting to know what the mayor's priorities are. We're also, and I don't want to say that some folks, some of the council's being splashy, but they are kind of trying to make their mark and saying, this is what my issue is going to be. This is the thing I find most important and the way that I want to show my concern for it is by putting us, you know, more in the budget to address that issue, whatever it might be. Absolutely. So, no, this, the budget's totally a way for, for council members to signal their priorities and really get their name out there and show that they're fighting for their constituents um, against you know a strong mayor system. Sure, sure. So is there anything you're watching for as this sort of battle shakes out? Like, what should we be paying attention to as we come to the closing weeks of this budgeting process? Yeah, so 25 of the 28 changes requested by council members are supported by a super majority. So that means nine or more council members back it. And that matters because that's enough to override a mayoral veto. So if Mayor Johnston decided he didn't want one of those uh proposed changes. Uh, exactly. The council could come and overstep him theoretically. So over the next few weeks, we'll be watching, you know, whether the council could try to use that supermajority to pr push through their priorities um, by introducing formal amendments and voting on those on the council floor. So again, the first public hearing on the budget is this Monday, October 23rd. Um, and then the final budget has to be passed by November 13th. So it'll, it's likely to be a couple of jam-packed weeks. It's also, I think, going to tell us how the city council and the mayor work together. Exactly. You know, exactly. It sets a foundation for the future, for sure. Because that's the thing we have to remember, like, we're only a couple months into this right? term, right, for new council members, this new legislative body that is council with the, the seasoned vets, as well as the brand new folks that have never served before on top of this brand new mayor after 12 years. Yes. So spot on. There's I, a lot of this year, I think 2024, too, is going to be very telling for us as a city. I think so, too. It'll be interesting to watch, fun to report on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Elena, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me.
And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Homelessness. Denver has officially joined President Biden's All Inside Initiative, a nationwide effort to address unsheltered homelessness. Denverite reports that a senior level federal staffer will embed in city government to, quote, accelerate locally driven strategies and enact system level changes. What the program does not provide, however, is any additional money for addressing housing issues directly. Oh, and one more thing. We're talking to Mayor Mike Johnston soon, and we want to know what you want to know. What are your questions for Mr. Mayor? Leave us a voicemail at 720-500-5418. And again, you can reach us via the first 100 days hotline at 720-500-5418 or email your question to denver at citycast.fm. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed this show, why not take a minute to tell President Joe Biden about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. But I did get to wear an apron. (laughs) It said chief brain officer. (laughs) One of Bree's five million weird jobs.